Blog Talk Radio. Let's get lost in a better place. Pick up a world, travel through time and space. So much to learn, so much to see. A chance to escape reality. Open your mind and your heart. Gain new knowledge, get a fresh new start. Day Network will bring you there. So let's talk about it when life and on the air. Good morning, everyone. This is Book Talk with Fran Lewis, brought to you by MJ Network in memory of my sister, Marcia Joyce, and New York Times author Brian Freeman is back with The Born Defiance. Oh, man, this is my favorite one yet. So with the team of killers got on his trail, my guy Jason Bourne chases the mystery of defiance around the world. As he closes in on the shocking truth, he knows that one man holds the key, and that would be the arch enemy, the assassin known as Lenin. Sound familiar, people? As Bourne races to stop the conspiracy behind defiance, he must come to face-to-face with Lenin. But will he win? I'm not going to tell you. Good morning. Welcome back to MJ Network. This book I really couldn't put down, real seriously. Good morning. Well, it's always great to talk to you. And thank you. I, I really had a lot of fun putting together The Born Defiance. And, uh, you know, in, in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. this book is kind of the culmination of threads that uh, were, were set up in the, my first three Jason Bourne novels. Mm-hmm. So it, it was fun to sort of see all of, the, all of those different threads and characters kind of come together in, in this, this sort of awesome finale. The good thing is that I know who they are. <laughs> but, you know, the Bible brings in Cain and Abel. And, you know, there are a lot of people I've been meeting lately that remind me of both of them, mostly Cain, not so much Abel. So how did, how did you create the first scene and why this surprise ending? I was like, what? Yeah, you know, well, I, I, I obviously, you know, all along, uh, Jason Bourne has been has been Kane going all that's his code yeah. name going all the way back to the the Bourne identity, and uh, uh, so you know, it, it just seems natural that uh, I, I have a little fun with it and, and create kind of a, a Kane versus Abel setup, um, and you know, and of course, the thing about the thing about Bourne is that he he doesn't remember most of his past. I mean, it, it, his past yeah. has been erased, and. Which you know, from a from a writer's standpoint, gives you great material. There's all sorts of things you can you know delve into and, and extract that are sort of back in the in the shadows of, of Bourne's past that he doesn't remember. So what I've been doing in in my Bourne books uh, over the ca- past couple of books is slowly you're starting to see a few things coming you know from Bourne's memory coming back into play, mm-hmm. and he starts to he, he he starts to remember some things that that uh, various groups and people might have wished that he would forget, and uh, and so the prologue sets up um, this uh, this this you know um, great sort of uh, mano a mano chase between Cain and Abel between Bourne and his his nemesis from Treadstone, uh, Lennon. And, uh, uh, and, and mm-hmm. part of what I'm also trying to do is, is uh, uh, sort of create some more modern backstory for, for Bourne as a hero because, mm-hmm. of course, when you go all the way back to the Bourne identity, well, that was, that was literally, you know, 43 years ago. And uh, so you can't really have 
the, the same backstory for, for Bourne that, that you had back then in, in the Vietnam and, and Watergate era. So, um, so Bourne has lost his memory, and, and obviously that's still a key part of, of you know, who he is as a hero, but I'm starting to sort of work in modern you know, interpretations of, of, of who Jason Bourne was, the original Jason Bourne that, that you know, uh, he took his identity from, and, uh, uh, and then kind of what his, his own backstory was uh, because all of this is happening in a more modern era. Well, I read some of his, and I like these better, to be honest. <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, I, I was a huge Ludlum fan. I, I loved I loved his books, and I, I loved, hey, me too. Uh, you know, the Born Identity in particular, but you know, it's you know, it's it's fun to be able to to take over the legacy and 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 take it in some take it in some new directions while being really true to the character that Ludlum created. Um, and so that was that was really my goal. For the for for my reboot of the series was to to create a version of Jason Bourne that would feel very true and very authentic, both to Ludlum fans and to, to folks that may be new to the character, and then you know drop that character down into into the modern era so that it still it feels very fresh and and very new, um, you know which obviously would be harder to do if you were trying to go back to the to the days of you know four decades ago when Bourne first came into play. Well, these are more real life. So in part one, chapter one, this really got me. The last word in the chapter sets off the chain of events to come. That was powerful. Yes, and I always like I, I always like having you know that uh, the, the the prologue sort of sets the stage uh, for uh, for for what's going on and, and kind of you know kind of puts the puts the, the the essence of the mystery out there and then the rest of the book mm-hmm. starts to you know sort of fill in the pieces that uh, of the puzzle that go together. So who is Lennon? Well, we know who Lennon is. And he haunts Jason like a plague. It's like a disease that doesn't stop, like like a, a cut that doesn't go away ever. So, <laughs> um, I, I thought yeah, about this you know, the other day because there's somebody that reminds me of that. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I really in, enjoyed creating the, the character of, of Lennon. And Lennon goes back to mm-hmm. my second Born novel, The Born Treachery. That's where we first mm-hmm. meet Lennon, the assassin. And um, when I was when I when I wrote um, when I wrote The Born Evolution, my first one, that was in, in a lot of ways a, an homage to the Born Identity. And you'll see a lot of elements of, of the Born Identity thematically throughout that book. And and then I was starting work on my my second Born novel, Born Treachery, and uh, I was trying to decide kind of where to take the, the plot, where to take the character, and. Um, uh, Ludlum fans will remember that that in the Born Identity, um, it, it all emerges out of the hunt for uh, the the real life assassin known as Carlos. And uh, so, what I wanted to do in in my reboot of the series was create a um, a similar kind of assassin. I wanted to create a a foil for Born that would play the the, the same kind of role in mm. in my reboot of the series that Carlos did. For the original Jason Bourne in the in the Ludlum novels, and so um, so I started out thinking of of who this assassin might be, and uh, I, um, I I had a little fun with the idea of this 
Russian-affiliated assassin that um, you know goes by the name Lenin, but of course he spells it L-E-N-N-O-N, and uh, this uh, mm-hmm. this killer happens to be a, a big Beatles fan and uh, one one of those kind of people that is you know wh- wh- whistling uh, whistling Beatles songs as he kills people and uh, and torturing people to the to the soundtrack of Strawberry Fields Forever, and uh, you know that's. That's always the fun thing about creating evil characters is, is honestly you can have you can have a lot of fun with the evil characters because they they need to they need to have that life and personality and vibrancy to them uh, they they can't you know in, in a book like the Bourne books they can't simply be all you know all dark uh, and frankly they need the you know a character like Lennon needs to have the the, the depth and skill to be able to stand up to someone like Bourne because you know that that's mm. part of what makes the series exciting is that um, you know you you want you want Bourne to be in jeopardy. You want him to be facing enemies that are, are every bit as skilled as he is. So it, it, it creates that tension of how this is all going to get resolved. And so, so I, I introduced the character of Lennon in, in the Bourne treachery and um, getting to uh, the end of, of treachery, I, I introduced uh, an, an extra little twist about who Lennon really was and uh, mm. implied that he, he had a very important parts to play in Bourne's past that, uh, that, that Bourne had forgotten. And so that led into the Bourne sacrifice, and, and in the Bourne sacrifice, um, uh, there, there was a lot, of, uh, uh, there was a lot of, of Bourne attempting to figure out what, what role Lennon really played in his past, taking us to the Bourne Defiance, where you know, we really have the opportunity for all these threads to come together and, and really the Born Defiance for, for all of its various twists and turns and surprises gives me the opportunity to really set up, you know, set the stage for a, a final climactic confrontation uh, between Bourne and Lennon. Well, Defiance sort of says the word. I'm big on titles. And by the way, I only write evil. My all, all the characters in my next book, if, and if I ever finish it, are evil. And, and the whole premise behind it is really evil. I was very proud of myself. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, but you also have to, you have to be careful with that. And, and you know, it, it's fun. But on the other hand, I, I you know, one thing I, I find about, you know, in particular so many, sometimes books, but, but a lot of, you know, TV shows today is, is you know, yeah. I'll watch some of these series and I'll feel like, there, there's no one in the series that the the viewer can root for. There's no one that you really yeah. like and want and want to spend time with. And I think that's that's something that sometimes authors forget about as well. Is that ultimately, yeah. you know, the, if the reader is going to be spending a lot of time with these characters, they they need to they need to feel you know some some sense of of camaraderie with the characters, and and that's what keeps them engaged and keeps them coming back. You know, it's funny. I, I look at I was talking with someone the other day about um you know the show NCIS and you know here uh-huh. you have NCIS i mean how many how many seasons has it been on tv you know, 17 18 19 seasons i mean that's just extraordinary that you have a show going on for nearly two decades and staying you know in in you know the number 1 and, and top 5 slot in the ratings but i honestly don't think that the the the, the mystery behind it is all that um you know odd because i think what NCIS has done really really well throughout its its tenure on tv is that they have changed up the characters a lot. They've, they've switched out the actors, but in every case, they've come back with actors who are simply really engaging people that um, the viewer wants to spend time with. And you know, the plot 
you could take the lift up the plots of so many NCIS episodes and drop them down into another series, and, and no one no one would know the difference. But the characters, that's what keeps people coming back to watch every week. Is they want to spend time with them, they like them, they enjoy them. Um, so I think that's important. I think that you know, and that's what I try to do in in mm. both my ordinary books, the ones I write under my name, as well as as in the Bourne series, is recognize that you know, you want. Uh, that level of threat, you want the, 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 the antagonists to be really interesting and, and creative and, and, and fun to, to, to see, but you also want to build characters that, that people want to spend time with. And obviously, you know, everybody you know, loves Bourne, uh, but then you also want to have some characters around him that, that people want to come back and, and meet again as well. Well, I, I have to say this. I, I won't tell you whose book I just finished yesterday, because I read 400 pages in two hours, no wonder my eyes strained. The book was very yeah. good. But I find that when you write something or some other people write something, it's not the same plot with just different characters. So when I opened the book yesterday, I'm saying this is very interesting and everything, but I could have sworn I read this in the first book and they're just the same plot with the same mm. people getting in trouble in the second book, and I get the feeling the third's going to be the same. I won't say who because right, interesting, interesting, sure, I, it, sure. It's like no, it no, bothers me. Yeah, but... yeah, absolutely. No, that that's a that's a really good point. I mean, you you want your plots always to feel fresh and different, yeah. um, you know, and and but at the same time, I think hand in hand with that, you need the characters to stay fresh and grow and change and evolve as well. Yeah. Um, because I I think that. You know, readers, if, if all you do is take the same characters and drop them down and, and there's, you know, a new plot and new bodies and things like that, yeah. the readers are going to get tired of that pretty quickly. Uh, frankly, though, I think readers will forgive a plot that feels familiar um, uh, uh, faster than they will characters that grow stale. Uh, because, again, they, they want to spend time with these characters, and the, that means the characters need to feel three-dimensional and, and human and alive, and that means they have to grow and change with the things that happen to them. Honestly, that was one of the things mm. that, was a, that was kind of a, a struggle for me in The Born Treachery, my second Born novel. Mm-hmm. I, it, it felt like that one, you know, the Born Evolution, I, it being an homage to the Born Identity, it just kind of flowed right out of, out of my, my keyboard. I was, I felt like treachery was coming along more slowly until I realized that I needed to give myself permission for uh, to take over Born as a character and to allow Born to grow mm-hmm. and change and, and turn into a new hero based on the things that were happening to him in my books. And once I kind of gave myself permission to do that, then everything flowed more readily. And, and I realized, well, Jason Bourne's no longer just a Robert Ludlum character. He, I, I'm, he, Bourne has now shared ownership between me and, and Ludlum, and I needed to be willing to sort of allow that to happen to be able to let the character grow in my books. Now, this was this really got me. I love Abby. Sorry, everybody else, but I like Abby. So she works in the ambassador's office, and out of nowhere there's a quote or something, and he tells her she has to leave, and whoa. So Chapter 3 is explosive, and you bring back Nova. And that must have been interesting when she and um, Abby face-to-face. She wasn't happy. Nobody yeah. was happy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. Uh, I, 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 I introduced um, Abby all the way back in, in, in my first book, The Born Evolution. And, and, and yeah. interestingly, um, I, when I was creating the character of Abby, I deliberately wanted to sort of echo some things from 
Marie St. Jacques, um, uh, Bourne's, you know, love interest in life from, from yeah. Ludlum's Bourne novels. And so, you know, a, a Marie St. Jacques was a Canadian economist and, and Abby is a Canadian journalist. And, and again, I wanted a, a, a female character in Abby who, who really was strong enough to stand up to Bourne and, and was very interesting and dynamic on her own and, and not just in Bourne's shadow. And um, so, but, you know, the challenge with, with, you know, these kinds of books is, you know, you, you, you never really have, you know, a happily ever after for, mm. uh, for the, the hero because you, you can't just sort of, you know, marry the hero off and everything's fine. And that's just not the way thrillers work. So, um, so I, I wanted that dynamic of the relationship that it, it, they, they, they love each other. I mean, it's clear that Bourne and Abby love each other, and, and Bourne, you know, that, that's where his heart is, uh, uh, is with Abby. Uh, and yet there needed to be all these obstacles that kind of come up along the way, and one of those obstacles is, is Bourne's prior relationship with the agent known as Nova. And um, Nova is uh, Nova's a really she's – a, she's a great character to, to write and, and very, very mm. different from Abby, very, 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 um, you know, uh, uh, sexual and and uh, smart and uh, just really, you know, again, another great foil for Bourne. But, of course, Abby and, and Nova are kind of oil and water because they, they both, you know, they both have uh, uh, interest in Bourne. And, and they're, they're mm-hmm. very different people and, and uh, they, they, you know, they sort of instinctively don't get along. Uh, and uh, and so again, you know, they they haven't really shared the stage in in any of the books. Uh, and Abby was a primary character in the Born Evolution and the Born Sacrifice. Nova was a primary character in the Born Treachery. Uh, now here we are in Defiance, and both Abby and Nova are are in in the book. And and so again, you have sort of that that dynamic tension uh, and triangle among Born and Nova mm. and Abby as to how that how that's all going to uh, to work itself out. Well, we can't tell him how it's going to work itself out, but I'll tell you something. It's like he has to really control himself, the poor guy. No, seriously. <laughs> um, <laughs> because I, I've read books where they, you know, oh, I'm going with this and all of a sudden the other one comes back and that's the end of that. So who is Nash and what was revealed before Jax died and how many how many people are going to be dead? And then we're going to come to Victor Sorrento. I'm not sure I like him. I haven't decided. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, uh, Nash, uh, again, um, when I was creating the very first book, The Born Evolution, uh, I, I wanted to have uh, a, a character in my Born books that played kind of the role that uh, Alexander Conklin played in the the, the, the Ludlum Moore novels, a, a person who was connected to Treadstone and had a um, and sort of up and down relationship with with Bourne. And so um, uh, in in the Bourne Evolution, Conklin is part of Treadstone. He, he's Bourne's handler in Treadstone, but he believes that Bourne has turned and is responsible for an assassination. And so. Uh, um, Nash Rollins is hunting Bourne in the Bourne Evolution, and and ever since then, um, you know, Bourne and Nash, I think, have had this sort of uh, uh, hands-off, you know, you know, arms-length sort of relationship where Bourne has learned very clearly not to trust anyone in Treadstone, and yet there's a level on which he also, you know, needs Treadstone in his life, and and so there's this this tension between Bourne and Nash, and so Nash keeps showing up. Uh, like a bad penny in 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 the books, and uh, uh, and Bourne is 
Um, he, he needs, you know, he, he, he needs the kind of information and resources that Nash has mm-hmm. through Treadstone, and yet he never, he never trusts yeah. Nash, and he knows that Nash is always trying to manipulate him. So, um, uh, and the way this all gets started in The Born Defiance is through a, um, uh, another Treadstone agent who's uh, a retired agent up in Alaska uh, who went by the code name Dax, and uh, uh, that uh, Dax ends up being hunted uh, in, uh, in in the, the town of Juneau, and uh, and is able to get off a, a, a warning to Nash uh, that all this relates to a mission from the past known as Defiance, and that kind of is, mm-hmm. uh, is the, the trigger that that, um, that that they begin to realize the Treadstone agents are being killed around the world, and it's all connected to Defiance. Uh, but the trouble is nobody really knows what Defiance was, and it was this very shadowy mission from the past. Bourne doesn't really remember, and, and all the different agents you know, had just one piece of the puzzle. Nobody really mm. knew what, uh, who, who was really behind Defiance. And so as, as you know, Bourne and Nova are being hunted, uh, they also have to figure out what, in fact, was the, was the truth behind Defiance. And, uh, and who does it turn out might have the truth behind Defiance? Well, of all people, it's, it's Bourne's arch enemy, the assassin known as Lennon. I know that's the cool part about it, but we won't tell him. So there's another character, not a very good one, sorry. Tim Randall, and what's his relationship to... Amid Ashkani, and then there's another bad person. You know, I'm beginning to say some of these characters remind me of some of the people on the news that are in trouble that don't get it. They never get caught. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, well, I was trying to get. Yeah, that, that drives me crazy. And, <laughs> and of course, that's the thing is, you know, I I want to give, um, you know, I I want to give that sort of uh, ripped from the headlines feel to. Uh, to yeah, the you got so it. That you're you're, you're 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 reading things and and you think oh ah interesting well that reminds me of such and such and uh, and of course that's that's very much the uh, that's very much the idea that that you sort of you know have that that authentic feel like this is all going on in in the real world mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know and of course the um, you know what what I think Ludlum did so well in his novels is he would take sort of you know real life events and conspiracies and mm-hmm. and would would write a would write a novel in such a way that um that people would sort of have the feeling like well is, is that how it really happened um you know could could that have really been what happened uh, and uh, i think the the ultimate art of that was uh in um in Ludlum's book the chancellor manuscript where he he dealt with mm-hmm. the death of um uh, J. Edgar Hoover and was was built a novel around the possibility that J. Edgar Hoover had been um, had been uh, you know murdered and uh, you know again the, the Chancellor manuscript one of my favorite novels growing up and it, it it left it left you with that feeling like well again is is that you know could that have been how it really happened uh, and so I, uh, I I do the same thing with some elements in um, in the Born Defiance where. Uh, there are things that that come up, sort of conspiracies from the real world, and uh, you 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 read the book, and and hopefully uh, you get to the end and go, oh, gosh, does, does he know something? Could it really have happened that way? <laughs> I think that's why I watch cold case and forensic files, and there's a monster around psychopath. They're really good. If you want to learn how to write a really sick character, those are great. So, who who is Randall, and what is his connection to Senator Pine? Hmm. Yeah. Yes. 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 We have uh, we have Tim Randall. I you know that it's always uh, it's always fun creating just kind of you know utterly amoral, ethicless. Uh, oh yeah, he is. And, and 
And and so, you know, Tim Randall very much fits that description. And, and of course, you know, to be amoral and, and ethicless and, and sleazy, what do you have to be? You have to be a politician. So, <laughs> so mm. Tim Randall is the is the senior aide to, uh, to to Senator Don Pine, who is the the front runner uh, in the, uh, the the race for the the Democratic candidate for president. And uh, oh God. But, uh, clearly, clearly, Tim Randall has uh, uh, has has skeletons in his closet and uh, connections to overseas influences and uh, uh, and and sort of is at the heart of this. Uh, this conspiracy, so it, uh, it 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 again kind of sets up the uh, sets up the, the possibility of of bad guys all along. But you're never really sure who who can you trust and who can you not trust. And that, of course, is the the issue that that Bourne faces in every novel, and and he always resolves that simply by understanding that uh, he can't trust anybody. That's right. You got that right. I learned that too recently. You can't <laughs> scary. So, Jason and Nova. And they get together, and of course, Abby would like to, you know, put a camera on him to make sure she sees what's going on. I could tell you I don't blame her. So why does he have to be careful, and what is the primary conflict that needs to be addressed? Because I don't trust Nova. I don't trust any of these people. Yeah. <laughs> but you can trust Abby. She's always, she's always. I know. I love she's Abby. Yes. She yeah, deserves Abby better. Yeah, everybody, everybody loves Abby. I, I, I had a, a person who, who wrote to me after reading The Born Defiance specifically to make sure that uh, I was gonna I, I was gonna keep Abby in Born's life somehow. And, and uh, you know, it's it, it's funny that um, you know mm. you always there are certain there are certain characters even if you want to move on from them, they're just such good characters mm. and they're, they're so uh, beloved by readers that you just you just have to keep bringing them back. And they're not heroes who are sort of the you know the, the mainstay of the of a of the series, but just yeah. supporting characters that end up end up becoming every bit as important to the series as, as the hero. Um, but you know, Nova a very, very different kind of character and, and Nova with a very damaged background and uh, and this very complicated relationship with Bourne. Uh, they've had a very They've had a very passionate, very sexual relationship over the years. Uh, and uh, uh, but in one of the books, I, I won't say which one, uh, Nova ultimately, um, you know, betrayed Bourne in, in a very serious way. Mm-hmm. And um, and so as a result of that, you know, Bourne can never really go back and and trust Nova again. And yet, in in the context of trying to find out what this this mission defiance was all about, he also needs Nova's help, and so ends up teaming up with Nova to try to find the, the roots of defiance. But of course, in doing so, as you say, uh, it, it, it leaves Abby wondering what's really going on between Bourne and Nova. And Nova herself is, is being as manipulative as ever and, and you know, would certainly like to, to tempt Bourne back into a, uh, a sexual relationship. And, and, Bourne, and Nova herself is clearly jealous of the, the obvious feelings that that Bourne has for Abby and would like nothing more than to see Abby out of Bourne's life. I think she'd like no more than to see Abby out of anybody's life. Being <laughs> well, that, yeah. that, that may be true, too. <laughs> so tell us about Pine and Alicia. I don't like her either. And why the connection? Uh, yeah, is, too, Alicia, oh, God. Too, yeah, yeah, two, two, more, two more politicians. You know, Pine is the... Uh, Pine is the senator who's the, the front runner for the for the president uh, yeah. presidential nomination, and and then you have uh, Alicia Beauvoir, who's a, uh, a a former secretary of state who had previously been thought of as a presidential candidate, and then she mm. retired from politics 
to take care of, uh, of her husband who had cancer. And uh, 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 Alicia ends up uh, doing what seems like so many politicians are doing these days. She wants to hook up with a thriller writer to, to, write, a, uh, to write a novel. And uh, the, mm-hmm. the writer that Alicia hooks up with, of course, is Abby Laurent. And, uh, and so mm-hmm. Abby is in, the midst of wor- is, is in the midst of working with uh, Alicia on, uh, on, this, uh, uh, on this thriller. Um, and, uh, and, of course, uh, then as things start to emerge about what's going on with Defiance, uh, Bourne realizes mm-hmm. that this, this, this thriller project has the possibility of trying to open up the secrets behind Defiance and ends up um, working with Abby to, to sort of, you know, give out false information about this book that uh, that starts to make the people behind behind Defiance nervous about what secrets uh, Abby and Alicia may have. I know. I'm poor Abby. Alicia, I don't care. That's okay. So what is what is Holly's role and why trust her? And Tim Randall, what's his agenda, really? He knows how to manipulate people, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. Does he, or, or, or is he, a, is he kind of a pawn too? We'll, we'll, we'll see as the book yeah. goes on. Uh, but th- then there's, then there's Holly Schultz, uh, and um, uh, Holly, uh, Holly is a, a senior CIA Treadstone uh, mm-hmm. agent, and uh, she, she also came up first in the Bourne Treachery. Uh, I, I, Holly's a great character. She's, she's blind, and she has yeah. this wonderful seeing eye dog sugar that is always with her and uh and of course sugar loves loves born somewhat to, to holly's frustration uh and um uh and so once again you know you, you find with born that uh he 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 needs these government contacts and and he relies on their information and resources and and in many ways what's what's difficult for born is that these people are the only um, uh, the the only pipeline into his past, uh, and because they they know what was going on during these years that he can't remember. Uh, but of course, he can't really trust what they're telling them, and and doesn't know whether you know they're giving him the straight story about uh, his past uh, and about the, the missions that he was on. So uh, so Holly is, uh, uh, is is someone that Bourne needs and and uses and uh, tries to work with, but at the same time. Uh, just like Nash, uh, Bourne does not trust Holly as far as he can throw her. I wouldn't trust anybody as far as I could throw them, really. I'm just wondering, seriously, this is my sick mind working, <laughs> that if there's somebody out there that really does know his past and they just don't want him to know it, because it's better that he doesn't yeah. know it. Well, that will be interesting to find out. Kind of, kind of wonder how it all started. Maybe you'll find that out yeah. in, in number five. <laughs> See how clever I could be? It scares me. So we have a connect. Every book I've been reading um, deals with Iran and Lenin and all of them. So explain Randall's connection to Iran and Lenin. I mean, every book I've I've been reading so far in the last three days deals with Iran and Iran and nuclear power and um, uranium and all that. Yeah, yeah, the 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 uh, the, the Iranians uh, always make good good yeah. villains in, uh, in in thrillers, and uh, uh, and and in this case, there's there's a, a very you know very complex backstory as to what's going on and uh, and um, uh, who's trying to manipulate whom, and uh, so so Tim Randall is uh, uh, is in the midst of all this, and and you're never really sure where Randall's loyalties 
lie. Yeah. Uh, and uh, so he's trying to manipulate the Iranians, and the Iranians are trying to manipulate him. And uh, the, the question is kind of where is this all leading? So how many com- so many people are dying, and what is causing their deaths? <laughs> could, could it happen in the real life? And how did it get where it got? I was like, what? Yeah, the uh, uh, the, uh, the 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 body count in the, the Bourne novels is always is yeah. always pretty high. Um, but uh, and uh, and again, in this case, uh, in in many instances, the it's Treadstone agents around the world that are are being hunted down and killed, and they all this all seems to be connected to this shadowy um, Treadstone mission from the past that was codenamed Defiance. And uh, so. Um, uh, but of course, you know, as as Born and Nova start striking back, they they rack up a pretty good body count of their own. But uh, uh, but uh, again, you 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 can never sort of trust that everything is is exactly the way it seems. And so by the time you're uh, you're, you're getting toward the, uh, the 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 last of the bodies, the question of you know who who have you really not been able to trust all along the way? Well, this is the exciting part. Here we go. Who is Mallory? And who is Mally Foster, and how did, what does she connect to Abby? And then we find out about a list that exists. That's even scarier, because you don't know. Yeah, you feel like yeah. that could happen, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah there's um, uh, all, all, again, all of this somehow seems to tie back to this this mission codenamed Defiance, and uh, mm-hmm. and of course what we what we realize in the prologue is that this assassin Lennon. Uh, started out actually as a as a Treadstone agent who who ultimately was a was a double agent and had been working with the Russians the whole time, uh, but as a Treadstone agent that meant he actually was involved in defiance and uh, and in fact had kind of a critical role to play in defiance. So the the, the target that he had uh, was um, was a woman by the name of Mallory Foster and and. The, the real mystery here is who is who is this Mallory Foster and why was it necessary to to, to kill her? Uh, and that's true of so many of the victims that seem to be cropping up yeah. around defiance years later. Uh, there's uh, when 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 Bourne goes to the Caribbean and hooks up with uh, with his old, uh, old old pal from the Bourne Evolution agent Teeling. Uh, Teeling was also involved in a hit connected with defiance, uh, and and he said it the hit always bothered him because it, it made no sense to be killing this 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 beach bum in uh, uh, in the the island of Reunion Island, the, the French islands. And so Teeling's telling Bourne, well, if you if you really want to find out what defiance is, figure out why. They needed someone like me to go after someone like him, and uh, so that's that's the nature of the list. That all these people that seem to have connections to defiance, even connections mm. that 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 have been sort of lying dormant for years, suddenly somebody thinks they need to erase all of the uh, all of the connections from the past and tie up any loose ends. Now this this scene really got me. And I really was very difficult to decide who to root for, Yoko or Nova. I was like, okay. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Maybe Abby will come in and shoot them both. I don't know. I, I you know, I, I didn't really care. At that point, I said, you know, I don't know if I care if Yoko wins. Well, she's not good. And I don't care if Nova wins. And I was like, how did you decide that one? And how did yeah. he win? And he manages to get away no matter what he does. Yeah, yeah, or does he? Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll 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 have to wait till the end of the book on that. But um, I know. Yeah, I'm you know, tell ag- <laughs> again with 
with with, uh, with a character like Lennon, uh, again, I, I just, you know, have a little fun with it uh, in creating these characters. So naturally, here you have a, you know, an assassin who uses the identity Lennon, L-E-N-N-O-N. Yeah. So, so naturally, he refers to his, his number two as, uh, as, as Yoko. And, uh, uh, and there have been a few different Yokos uh, over the course of, of the, the book. Yep, I know. <laughs> Born, or, Born or Nova keep killing them off as fast as Lennon can recruit them. So... Uh, uh, so yeah, there's there's a, a, a one of my favorite scenes uh, uh, in in the book is is this you know dramatic confrontation between Nova and Yoko in in this um, this this uh, New York apartment building under construction you know surrounded by scaffolding and and uh, uh, and uh, and and so you know I mean here you have Yoko this I, I think she's only 18 in this and just a this, just a kid and and Nova is, is essentially trying to, to teach her a lesson and, uh, and, and does. Um, but, um, mm. but it, it sets up again, you know, that, that, uh, as, as Bourne tells Nova later, you know, that you, you have to be careful, careful about what enemies you create. Uh, and, uh, and certainly it, it creates a, 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 a relationship and a conflict between Nova and, and this new Yoko that's, that's comparable to the sort of relationship between Bourne and Lennon. Well, before I forget, Monday, the author of Blinded Justice, on the fifth, Betty Slade, and she's got a religious book about about horses, but she also inducted me into this thing where you write six-word stories. So every month I get a a prompt with a picture, and I have to write six-word stories, not not caption, six-word story to start a book as if I was writing a book. I only sent her 15 of them yesterday. I really did. So that 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 keeps my mind going. On on the twelfth, we have Boyd Morrison and Elizabeth Morrison on uh, the last true Templar. On the fifteenth, we have John Lansing, twenty five to life. On the twentieth, we have Tess Carrington with Spy Coast, and on the twenty first, we have Eleanor Cones. That's just some of September. It gets worse in October. That's even better. <laughs> so that's what's they're, coming they're up. And keep, by the way, you're, you're, you're keeping you're, yourself pretty busy. <laughs> not, yeah, well, yeah, it keeps me out of the stores, my husband says. There's no stores to shop. <laughs> not only that, but um, Google and Amazon, Google and, and uh, Blog Talk just sent me an email to remind me that your show is coming on. So I have emails and everything that your show is coming up. Don't forget to sign into your own show. So yours came up today. This is a first. I don't even know how it's happening, but I don't care. And then everybody knows that they should listen. So this is this is interesting. So when creating the scenes of takedown, how did you create them so vividly? And in the end, Jason has to make some hard choices, but I'm not going to tell you what they are. Yeah, you know the um, that that is you know that is. You know the, the 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 challenge of a of a hero like Bourne is uh, is is kind of how does mm. he decide to move forward and uh, and and keeping that tension alive in terms of the nature of who he is and what his relationships are and and you know he he he's he's always sort of he's like a push me pull you you know where you know, he he wants to get closer to Abby and yet knows it's not safe for her if he does that and uh, he he wants to get away from Treadstone and yet knows that. Uh, there are elements that, that of Treadstone that he needs, and that in, in some way he's, he's always going to be a part of that agency, whether he likes it or not. So, um, uh, and uh, you know, it, it's um, I, I when I'm writing a book, uh, uh, I always 
do a, what I kind of consider a soft outline um, where I, I, I mm-hmm. outline how everything flows and, and how all the, the chapters fit together, recognizing that the, as I get into the book, the outline is going to start to evolve and change. And, and uh, I, I, always, I don't want to tie myself down too much because I'm always feeling you know, and massaging the suspense as I go along. Um, so that I know exactly where the reader is and, and you know, when, you know, I, I want to make sure that the, the, the level of tension is staying, you know, kind of at that, that, that razor sharp edge throughout the book. Um, so I, as I'm, as I'm thinking through, you know, as I get toward the climactic scenes, I, I, mm. I kind of know the things that need to happen, but I, I leave a little open how exactly they're going to happen. And usually what happens is then I find a lot of interesting surprises and twists and turns uh, that come up that, that I hadn't even necessarily thought of in the original outline, which it keeps it fresh and spontaneous for me and then hopefully fresh and spontaneous for the reader as well. All I could tell you is that after reading this book, I didn't want to go on a plane anymore. That's all I would say. <laughs> I was like, what? How How can you create this thing? And it's like scary. It's like it could, and it could happen. I don't know how how you could do this, but yeah, I'm sure that they are. There's another program that 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 my husband watches that got me hooked on when the planes blow up and how they figure out what happened, and why a plane just blows up and it lands. And the other day it was because the guy, the pilot, was smoking a cigarette, and it took them forever oh, to realize it. Yeah, he caused he caused the plane to crash. So the Iranians well, created know, was- this thing. It's scary. Yeah, well, you know, there was a there was a great great movie decades and decades ago called uh, it was based on a book uh, called Fate is mm. the Hunter, and yeah. uh, I don't know if you ever saw it, but uh, it it involved you know it involved a very mysterious plane crash and they couldn't figure out what had gone wrong uh, in in the plane crash and so they decided to recreate the flight down to the, yeah. the absolute detail of what was happening and then all the same things started to go wrong in the flight that had gone wrong in the original and they didn't you know, know what was going on. And ultimately it was something as simple as that the, they had actually, the, the pilot had accidentally spilled a cup of coffee and the, the liquid from the coffee had seeped in and shorted out some of the instruments. And that was what was, you know, rippling through and everything. So, uh, yeah. And I love little things like that where it's one little detail that, yeah. uh, that, that ends up, you know, looming large as, as the rest of the plot takes shape. It's, it's scary. So without giving it away, first of all, Pine, how does how does he do that? Seriously, he's the catalyst behind all of this stuff, and yet he reminds me of somebody that wants to run for election again, and that would be pathetic and really bad. So you just, <laughs> oh God, help us! I mean, seriously, there. So he's the president. How does he manipulate so many events? I mean, seriously. Uh, I mean, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Well, and, you know, I mean, Don Pine is, is again, another of these, you know, fun characters to create because he's, he's you yeah. know, a great bloviating politician. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, you know, what, what do they say in Hunt for Red October in, in Richard Jordan? You know, I'm, 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 a, I'm, a, I'm a politician, which means I'm a cheat and a liar. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, steal, steal the baby's lollipop while I'm, I'm mm. to kiss him on the head, you know. So, uh, uh, and and um, you know, so I think you know Don Pine kind of fits into that uh, in, into that. But sadly, you'd like to think that that's different from so many politicians. But you know, unfortunately, uh, there, there's a degree of, of 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 arrogance and narcissism that just sort of seems embedded in our political candidates that uh, 
sadly makes it pretty easy to write, you know, candidates that, that feel true and realistic because there, there seem to be examples of them everywhere if you look around the world. I like to see them do something with the legal system that's not any, you know, any better. <laughs> so does Jason ever feel remorse for his actions? And does he ever, will he ever understand who he really is? And I felt bad for Abby at the end. That's not fair, poor thing. You know, it. Yeah, it's it's that. I think it's the ultimate, you know, ultimate question of the series because that's really the nature yeah. of Bourne's moral dilemma. Is is you know, as as a man without a past, it's not just a question of the fact that he doesn't remember the details of his past. It, it's that if you don't remember your past, you don't necessarily understand who you are. And I think he's struggling with that 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 moral sense of identity of is is he a killer, uh, is he a moral man, and uh, and and um, and and is there a way for a man who does the kinds of things he does and has the kinds of skills he has to to be, you know, to be a good person, and uh, and and that's and that's a struggle. I mean, I, I think it's the kind of struggle that that everybody deals with uh, uh, on a on a you know much less dramatic level. I mean, that you know everybody makes mm. mistakes and everybody does things they regret. Can you still be a you know a good person you know in in the wake of those imperfections and um, and so you know does Bourne feel remorse? Yeah, I, I think absolutely he does. And and um, uh, he's he's in a he's in a world where he recognizes that there really is no good, there is no evil, there are only shades of gray. And, and he tries to mm-hmm. let he tries to get to Abby to understand that that he lives in a world where there are there are no heroes and that the actions of the of the the, the quote-unquote good characters are really not all that different from the, the actions of the characters that are bad. It's really just a question of, you know, what are the motivations behind what they're doing? Um, but so Bourne, I think, has, has, has been betrayed enough and has seen enough uh, uh, in his, his work with Treadstone that he's pretty cynical about, um, you know, about the nature of the things that he's forced to do. Uh, and yet at the same time, um, you know, Abby is, is, is pretty clear with him that, you know, she, she couldn't simply fall in love with a killer. And so there is more to Bourne than he sees in himself. And she sees things in him that I think he struggles to, to realize, realize about himself. And, and ultimately, I think the readers are with Abby. I mean, they, they, they see that humanity in Bourne as well. And, um, uh, and yet he's, he's constantly struggling and he's constantly, you know, trying to confront the the ethics of what he does. Uh, but, but if he ever comes to a resolution, well, then it's hard to, to keep writing thrillers about him. So I, I suspect that that moral conflict is going to continue for a while. Well, he got play. He, I just really, I had the book in front of me, so I cheated. I looked at it. And <laughs> Holly and Abby and Jason, and they all get, I even know what gets played. They get manipulated and played in this whole book, and that's what happens. He's sent to do something. And basically, you know, it's hard to just go up to somebody and wonder, well, you're dead, bye. I mean, does he ever show remorse for his actions? Or does he just realize this is the way it is? And poor Holly yeah, and poor I think, Abby. I, yeah, yeah. You know, and I think that, um, I, I think that you know, he's, he's always in that, that, you know, essential conflict. And, uh, and, and so... Um, you know, he, Holly is is part of this as well, and and as you say, I mean, Holly's being manipulated too. I mean, there, uh, but that's part of I think the nature of the, the conspiracies that that you know uh, that that you know who who's sort of pulling the strings behind the scenes, and 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 how are people being manipulated to do the things that, that they, they they want to mm-hmm. do? Uh, and that was something that 
again, was came across in um, so many of the Ludlow novels. I mean, he was just a master of, you know, bringing out these, uh, you know, these, these, you know, really dark, interesting, convoluted conspiracies and, uh, and, and making you feel like this could really be happening. Uh, and, you know, I mean, you look around at the world these days and, and um, there, there, I think, are a lot of parallels between where the world is today and where the world is back in the, in the 70s when Ludlum was, was writing so many of his books. That there's a, there's a sort of distrust of, of government, a distrust of authority, and, and a belief in, in, you know, the unseen forces, you know, that are, that are manipulating things behind the scenes. And that, that, you know, the power of conspiracy is something that mm. just, just really has a grip on people's imaginations. I mean, you know, all these years later, I mean, you know, you know, people still have, you know, all these conspiracy theories about, you know, the JFK assassination. There's just something about conspiracies that, that feeds into, you know, people's essential distrust of the world. And, uh, and that was something Ludlum brought out so well in his books. And that's what I'm trying to do in, in my four novels as well. Well, if you watch the news, there's a lot of people that are supposed to be somebody that was protecting people from trafficking and violence, and he was the head of it, and he got arrested because he was guilty. It's like I, I, I wonder sometimes, and the, and the man that supposedly killed a whole bunch of women, now they're trying to figure out, did he really do it? Of course he did. I mean, it's, it's hard to tell whether the news is just out there. I find that the media sometimes jacks it up a little bit. So if you watch different stations, you're going to get different opinions. That's even scarier. And sure, I, I don't sure. Know. Well, and of course, you know, and then, and then people, you know, you know, people have very little trust and faith in the media these days, too, yeah. which is, you know, something I, I, I pulled that out in, in The Born Sacrifice and dealt with the idea yeah. of, of media manipulation in that book. So there's, 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 plenty of, there's plenty of fodder for conspiracy theories, which is, uh, it may not be good for society, but it, it's good for, for writing Jason Bourne thrillers. Well, my Jason Bourne five stars is on Amazon, people. You want to read it, seriously. Um, and I'm finding that WordPress started something brand new. I didn't even know until last month. They keep track of how many people read my reviews. I don't know why. Oh, interesting. They cheat, yeah, they, they keep track of how many views I have. Last month I had 1,000. I didn't even know it. And then they told me, you're doing a great job. And then if I post like 10 reviews, which I did this week, they oh, you're doing it. Keep it up. I go like, what? I didn't even know you cared. But at least they're not <laughs> complaining. <laughs> and they said it's good. So where do you see at the last page and the last sentence, like, oh, that's so sad. So where do you see Abby and what's next for Jason? Mm, well, um, I'm I'm working on the fifth my fifth Jason Bourne novel uh, right now. Um, uh, it's mm-hmm. called The Bourne Shadow, and oh, nice. uh, and so that will be out that'll be out next summer. And um, uh, what I, I, I the thing I feel about series books, particularly long running series, and, and obviously the Bourne novels go back all the way to you know more than forty years ago, is I feel like every few books you sort of need to reground the series and and sort of reboot yeah. it and give new re- new readers a chance to discover the character. And so in in a lot of ways, I, I see my first four Bourne novels, The Bourne Evolution through The Bourne Defiance, as, as kind of a, a story arc for the, the characters that are involved. And, uh, and now in The Bourne Shadow, I have the opportunity to, to introduce some new story threads and some new characters mm. who can play significant roles in the next few books. Um, so that's what I'm trying to do in, in this novel. And uh, this, this, uh, this new book will, will go all the way back to uh, – the, the, the mystery will go all the way back to the days when, when before 
Jason Bourne was Jason Bourne and when he was actually the, the, the real-life person, David Webb, being recruited to Treadstone. Um, uh, but, you know, Abby, I, it's, it's funny. I, I just think that there is, a, there, is a real, there is a real connection between Bourne and Abby yeah. that uh, is, is, um, is something that I don't, I don't want to go away. I don't think readers want it to go away. Um, and, uh, no, definitely uh, I not. Think what I what – what I've been doing is, is sort of, you know, Abby is, is you know, kind of comes and goes from Jason's life, but always, you know, comes back. And uh, so I, uh, I, I, I won't, I, I have an idea of how Abby's going to return in, 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 uh, in, in board number six, but I, I won't, I won't tell you what that is yet, but you have not seen the last of Abby for sure. Well, that, that is really good because I would be very sad if she didn't show up again. But I can understand what happened at the last chapter. I can understand. And, you know, what I find is that, and I have a good memory, they tell me, <laughs> um, the last sentence of every book is pretty much is the same. And I go like, oh, so sad. But maybe that's the way it has to be for right now. And maybe right. Jason has to sit down and have a reality check within himself to see where he belongs. You're not going to come up with another girl with him in book number five, are you? You just never know what's going to happen. <laughs> oh, God, that's not fair. So what? besides this, what's next for you? What's next for you? Because your standalones yeah. are really scary, too. Yep, yep. In fact, I, I wrapped up a new standalone uh, this uh, this spring called Break Every Rule, and uh, Break Every Rule is going to be coming out from uh, Blackstone uh, next September. So um, there'll, there'll be a uh, it, it, they're coming out once again in reverse order to the way I write them. It always seems to be the way that happens. I I, I released mm-hmm. what four books last year, and they were in completely opposite order of the, the order in which I wrote them. Uh, so next year, um, The Born Shadow, the one I'm working on right now, will be coming out in July, and then Break Every Rule will come out from Blackstone in September. And, uh, yeah, I love Break Every Rule. In some ways, Break Every Rule is my first um, Bourne-esque kind of standalone thriller. So it's, you know, I mean, you, you know that many of my novels are very, very different from the, the Bourne books. Yeah. But I wanted to be able to, to sort of write a, a standalone thriller that would also be, that would that Bourne readers and Bourne fans would, would sort of recognize as, as coming from the same author. And uh, so um, this is the opportunity to really... Uh, Introduce a character who has some, some, you know, some Bourne-esque qualities to him. It's almost, in some ways, like Bourne meets Stride in uh, in this book. So uh, I think that uh, mm. I think readers will really enjoy meeting meeting Tommy Miller in Break Every Rule. Well, you know, I love Jonathan Stride. Seriously, but this, <laughs> um, this, I mean, seriously, I I, lo- I love this series. I love, but Break Every Rule, that's me. I mean, sometimes you just have to. In order to get something done, yes. as long as you don't get caught. Yes. Seriously. <laughs> so, where can everybody get all of your books and all of your series? Yeah, they can. Uh, well, they can find out more about me and all of my books, uh, both at my website and on my social media accounts. They can find me on the web at bfreemanbooks.com. That's all one word: bfreemanbooks.com. So, all of my novels are out there. There's links to buy all of them online. There's descriptions of every novel uh, and breaks it down by series and standalones and reading order. So you've got everything out there at bfreemanbooks.com. And people that want to connect with me online, they can do so um, uh, at Twitter at uh, bfreemanbooks, uh, Instagram at bfreemanbooks. They can find me on Facebook 
at uh, facebook.com slash bfreemanfans and uh, hook up there. And I post lots of stuff about all the upcoming books and uh, you know, upcoming events and everything like that. So, um, uh, And you know, for me, I, I love hearing from readers. Uh, every time a new book comes out, I, I get lots of emails from readers. And uh, for me, that's always fun. I, I love hearing how people react to the novels. So um, uh, use the links on the website and, and the, the email addresses in my books to, to shoot me an email when you read one of my books. I, I always love to hear from you. Well, before I forget, because I almost did, Monday is going to be crazy. It's one of those shows where I, we're having uh, Patrick Moore, David Putnam, Jim Nesbeth, and Vincent Gendry, and we have a panel show about how you write characters that are completely nuts and do whatever they want over the top. Seriously. So that that's Monday, but that should be fun. And on Wednesday, Cindy McDonald with her new um, Alexa uh, novel, Polonius, Fatality. I was like, I can't believe it. I, I don't even have one day to do anything myself, but the panel should be interesting on Monday <laughs> because they they write, Vincent writes everything that's so over the top that I, oh, my God. And that's where I got my new, my new ones called, if I do it, Mirror Image. If you look at your face in the mirror, your alternate ego looks at you and tells you you have done this horrible thing in your life, and if you don't repent, what you did to that person is going to happen to you without you realizing it, and you're going to wind up a face in the mirror. That's my sick idea. That, Seriously. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Yep. I hope it's good. Whatever. But, Brian, thank you so much. I can't wait to get the next one. I can't wait to, to read Break, Break Every Rule because that's me. And I can't wait to see what happens with Jason Bourne, but we won't tell anybody. Everybody, it's a beautiful day outside. Everybody have a great day. Thank you, Brian, and bye. Thank you, friends. Bye-bye.